Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Kayla Walton, and I am joined in the studios with Trisha Casson and Kelly Yarmish. And today we are going to talk about the road to Emmaus. But before we begin, Trisha, can you please open us up in prayer? Of course, Kayla. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Jesus, we just thank you for the great gift of Scripture. We thank you for the great gift of community and the great gift of finding you in the Eucharist. We offer all of these prayers of thanksgiving to your Mother's most immaculate heart. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Trisha. This is a very special day for our listeners. For those of you who are... <laughs> or at least for us. For, right, day for, least us. for us. <laughs> um, for those of you who traditionally listen, you know that Father Ventura and Joel Yarmish are usually here. But today we decided to have a girls-only show. So uh, Kelly, Joel's wife, is joining us. And uh, we have such a very special topic at hand. And that is um, talking about the road to Emmaus. And Trisha, if you'd be willing, would you mind um, you know, reviewing that story with our listeners? Of course, Kayla. Um so scripture is such a beautiful thing. And I, you know, I often say, or I've been told, and I truly believe that scripture is the Lord's love, love letters to us, especially mm-hmm. as women. I think it's easy to feel that um, imagery, you know, um, scripture is God's loving words to us. And a lot of times in prayer, um, when I'm reading the scripture, I like to put myself in the stories in in the parables and whatever um, story in the gospel that I'm reading. And sometimes it's harder than others, I think. I agree. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, I can't relate to this. I have no idea what these people were feeling, or I do not know what he means when he says that. Right. Um, But with the road to Emmaus, it's been a really powerful um, scripture for me in my life, and one that's easier for me to place myself in. So it's easy for me to imagine myself as one of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and um, to ask myself, how have I experienced Jesus in the same way that these two men experienced Jesus? And so today, um, I think it would be such a gift if Kayla and Kelly could share um, how the Lord has um, revealed himself to their hearts as he revealed themselves to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And so some of you may be wondering, like, well, how did he reveal himself to the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Um, So I'm going to do my best to give a little synopsis. Uh, Both of you feel free to (laughs) jump in. (laughs) Chime in. in. I don't ever want to say anything that's heretical. Um, (laughs) Don't worry. So keep me honest. Um, So there were two disciples who weren't necessarily apostles. So Christ had 12 apostles, but these were just two followers of Christ who had heard about him and known of his good deeds. And um, they they were walking on a road to Emmaus. Emmaus is a city. And this was the day of the resurrection, Kelly? Yes. Um, so this was the day of the resurrection, the day after, or the day Christ had risen from the dead. And so they were walking, and um, something that I think is so important for us to first realize is that Scripture says they were walking downtrodden. Yeah. So as they were walking on this road, their hearts were heavy, right? I mean, they, it had been a long weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another yeah. translation says they were downcast. Right. Right. Um, so a way that I like to picture downcast is that they were looking at their feet. Do you know how sometimes you're so yeah. like struggling and lost in thought? You just like look at the ground when you walk. You're not open mm-hmm. to anybody else. Yeah. You know, you can't experience yeah. anybody else because you're just looking down. Um, so they were walking downcast because 
they had heard of this man, Jesus, and their hope was in him. Their hope was that he, as scripture had said, would rise from the dead. Um, But they had heard that he had been crucified and died. And today was the third day. So according to scripture, today was the day that he was supposed to have rose from the dead. Um, And some women in their village, I think. In their group. In their group. mm -hmm. You know, the women who, who like had kind gone of in their to circle. the tomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, squad goals. Um, so women had said that they had been to the tomb and Jesus's body wasn't there. And so these men were walking downcast, grappling with all of these emotions and feelings. and Just trying to make sense of what they had heard. Because right. it made, in, on the one hand, you know, putting yourself in the position of, you know, all the disciples were Jewish at that time. So they knew scripture, they knew um, mm-hmm. prophecies, they knew what they were expecting. You know, this Messiah, somebody who would come and, you know, fulfill all their hopes and dreams. And, okay, it's day three. It's it's Easter Sunday as we now know mm-hmm. it. He's not there. Mm-hmm. The resurrection has been proposed, but like, where's the body? They mentioned, but we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this awkward... Like, what's going on? Yeah. 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 Trying to make sense of all the things that they've heard and witnessed and that have been shared with them by people that they trust. You know, Mm -hmm. these women, they weren't immediately dismissed. These were trusted women who had some pull in in Jesus' community of disciples. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're you're hearing that this person who you've grown to love and hope in, you know, after all of these things that he was put through, this, this humiliating death, okay, well, he's not in his tomb. There had been a guard at the tomb. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. I can understand why they would be feeling downcast and confused. Mm -hmm. But I don't get the sense that they're hopeless. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what to think, Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. So they're walking along, feeling all those emotions, all the feels. That's what people say these days. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling all the feels. (laughs) And um, uh, this man starts walking next to them. And it is Jesus Christ, but they don't recognize it as there is in Jesus Christ. They just recognize him as a man. Mm -hmm. And the man approaches them and um, I think questions them. What are you talking about? Well, it's funny because he's like, he presents himself as somebody who has not, who has had his head under a rock. Mm -hmm. He's like, Mm -hmm. what are you guys talking about? And, (laughs) And they're like. Well, are you, having, are you kidding are you, me? Right. Like, <laughs> do you know what's going on? It's, it's almost like, haven't you, know, you such heard? A, right. Like such a big event in history. And, and so they're like, I, I'm sorry, are you, are you serious right, <laughs> right now? Exactly. Like, like, do you, have you not been in the world to see what's been going on these last few days? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I keep going. Oh, no problem. So uh, then they continue to tell Jesus Christ everything that has happened. And um, Christ answers them with scripture. Correct, Kelly? Well, he starts first he's like, okay, so what happened? They give him, you know, the short version of what happened, you know, Good Friday and, um, you know, this morning on Easter Sunday. And and um, and then he kind of laughs at them. <laughs> like Jesus is kind of snarky, almost like, I, I don't know, not <laughs> yeah. snarky because he's like, okay, kind of snarky. <laughs> he's like, just very real with them. Oh, I would disagree. I would really? say he's like playing. He wants them. It's almost to me like, like the knowing upbeat, but knowing adult who's mm-hmm. like, what do you mean, kids? Like, yeah. <laughs> who comes in and he knows. Like, yeah. it's kind of maybe yeah. the same kind of persona as when they're in the garden. And he's mm-hmm. like, Adam, where are you? And we're like, gosh, God, you can't find him. Like, I mean, 
He knows. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what sort of things? Tell me what's going on. What do you mean? And then after they tell him everything, he's like, you are foolish and slow of heart to believe right, what the prophets have told you. That's what I was thinking is that he's being real. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's when he where breaks he gets it down. Real, I agree with like, you. Are you. You're right. You're right, you're right. That's what I meant by he's being real with them mm-hmm. in that part. Yeah. Yep. And even when he says these words, the disciples still haven't put two and two together. Right. So even after he says you are slow to heart to believe what the prophets have written, they're still kind of two steps behind, you know, not yeah. recognizing Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, and I think what is the most beautiful part of the story to me is um, they stop to share a meal. And when they notice Jesus is in the breaking of the bread, yeah. that's when their hearts are awakened to right. the to the resurrected Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how beautiful, you know, how beautiful and that we can know that no matter how many signs and ways Jesus is trying to communicate to us, who he is, we can trust that in the breaking of the bread, there he is. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, like in the breaking of the bread, it, it causes us to be alive for more, which is what you're <laughs> listening to on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three or online on demand at com. And my name is Kayla Walton, and I am joined with Trisha Casson and Kelly Armish. And we're talking about the road to Emmaus. And, um, you know, in my own personal life, I... I don't necessarily see um, the road to Emmaus as like my whole life in one road to Emmaus. I see mm-hmm. that there are lots of little different roads to Emmaus, if that makes sense. Like those moments where our Lord like reveals himself to me, even though I am reluctant. Like I know everything in my head, mm-hmm. but in my heart, I am like still questioning. Absolutely. Um, and one time I vividly remember and um, you know, that, I, that I kind of want to share with all of you as my testimony today um, was when I was in Israel and um, I was in college, and uh, two weeks before I left for Israel, I didn't know I was going. Um, I got a phone call from the international director at Ohio Dominican, and she said, you know, someone pulled out of the program. Can you go to Israel in two weeks? And uh, um, I was an education major, and she said, you know, the, the class that you would be taking is conflict resolution between the Israeli and Palestinian people. And so my mind was reeling with, um, you know, just how will I logistically work this out? Um, you know, I, this is silly, but I have a severe peanut allergy. And so I was like, how is that <laughs> going to work out? Um, you know, making sure I had a passport, obviously, but just making sure everything was in order. And I remember thinking like, okay, I don't know if I can leave in two weeks, but this is an amazing opportunity. And so I did. I packed up my things and 14 days later, I was on a plane. Um, and it, when I when I got there, I stayed in Bethlehem um, with a Muslim Palestinian family And it was about like a mile and a half walk to Bethlehem University every day. And so I would walk um, up the hill and about half of the way through the trip, there was the church and the nativity. And then you would keep going up the hill. And then um, about another like three quarters of a mile, you would be at Bethlehem University. And we all stayed at different houses. So I was by myself. um, And then our group of like 12 people would meet at the university every morning. And then we would walk back after class and then on the weekends, we would go to different places. So, you know, like host families? Or? Yeah, okay, yeah. No. So we had host families. Um, so that's exactly what happened. Yep, we each had our own host family. Um, some people had like two people in a home. But since I had traveled before, they said, you know, we think that you would be okay with having, like with just being by yourself in a house. So, which I was fine with. I mean, my host family was amazing and very kind and gracious. Um, but I remember one week... Um, I I walked up to Bethlehem University and we were in class. And so the way that the program was set up was um, Monday through Friday, we would have class and then like pretty full days. And then on the weekends, we would go and travel. And so it was our first week there. 
And I remember, um, I remember sitting in class and we had to watch this very, very graphic video of um, a conflict between the Israeli and Palestinian people. And um, I remember like um, just starting to cry and I, I left the class and I remember going outside and we were um, on a hill in Bethlehem. And I remember like sitting on, um, I'm like crying right now. I remember sitting on this step and and looking out at Bethlehem and being so angry at the moment of like, Jesus, I know that you are real. And I know that like, this is your home and this is your land. And I know all these things with my head, but like my heart is hurting so much right now. Like I can't see your truth. I can't see you being real. I can't see how you're here right now because these people are suffering. And I just remember feeling so lost, um, just as the apostles did. You know, like they knew with their head what was going on. And I knew with my head that the land is so holy. But with my heart, I just remember being like so conflicted. Um, So I went outside. I was outside for like an hour. I finally composed myself, went back into class. um, And that weekend, I was still, you know, struggling with that thought of like, Jesus, are you real here? Like, where are you in this land where there is so much conflict? Um, just as the apostles were struggling with, like, Jesus, are you really here? And um, that weekend, we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem as our outing. And um, we're at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And for people who don't know, the church is separated. Um, and it, I, didn't, I don't want to say they're like different sections, but there there are. And there's like where Jesus's body was laid. And there's where they believe Jesus was crucified. And in one part, there is a chapel with the Eucharist. The Eucharist is only kept in one place in this whole church. And it was a really, really busy day um, for the church for whatever reason. There were just a lot of visitors there. And I remember like opening up the chapel door because I just needed the Eucharist. Like I just needed to see Jesus present in the Eucharist. And um, I go into the chapel and I'm the only one in there. And um, this man comes in and I know like very, very, very little Arabic, but um, he he said that he was going to mop the floor. Was that okay? And I said, oh, of course. Um, And so he he locked the door because he didn't want anyone to come in while he was mopping. Um, And so for whatever reason, completely, actually, I know it was completely our Lord's grace. He let me be in there by myself with no interruptions, no distractions other than a man mopping the floor. And that moment provided my heart so much consolation simply because I was able to be with Jesus in the Eucharist. And like it was in the Eucharist that I was able to see like the truth of that land and the truth that, yes, like he conquers all and and he is so real and he is so present. And even in the midst of all of this conflict and strife, like he is here. And I feel like there are so many parallels between like the road to Emmaus and that week mm-hmm. in my life that... um yeah, he just he revealed himself to me in a, in a way that I never thought possible. Um, you know, Kayla, that story is so beautiful. And listeners, you are listening to a live for more on AM eight twenty Saint Gabriel Radio. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon or Sundays at three. My name is Trisha Casson, and I'm joined here in the studio with Kelly Yarmish and Kayla Walton, and we are just reflecting on um, the scripture of the road to Emmaus and how. Uh, the Lord has walked with us on our own roads to Emmaus. Um, Kayla, you just shared a beautiful story about how the Lord revealed himself to you again in the Eucharist after a stressful uh, few days, emotional few days in a foreign country without Mm -hmm. your family. um, And you were scared and sad and trying to look for Jesus in Bethlehem. And you found him in the Eucharist. But something that struck me when you were giving this witness is um, two things. You said when you were feeling so sad, you knew to turn to the Eucharist. You said, Mm. I just needed to find Jesus in the Eucharist. So what that tells me is that 
you knew you, before you even went to Israel, you must have known that Christ Jesus lives in the Eucharist. You must have recognized mm-hmm. him before you even got on that plane that Jesus mm-hmm. lives in the Eucharist. And um, let me, listeners, share something about Kila. Uh, she's been my oh, best gosh. friend since. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where this I is going. <laughs> fifth, fifth grade, maybe we we met each other for the first time. Um, wow. So it's been years and years. And uh, something beautiful about Kayla is that she has always been so generous in a way that isn't human. <laughs> you know, like sometimes people will wonder, where does this generosity come from? And almost at times makes you feel uncomfortable, but in a loved way. Um, You've and never so you- once made me feel uncomfortable, <laughs> but I've only known sometimes you Sometimes I'm like, years. all right, Kayla, enough. <laughs> um, but she just has this beautiful, generous soul, and she loves Jesus. And so when Kayla was... 22 you entered the Carmelites mm-hmm. um, Kayla is a beautiful young woman she was one of the smartest people in our class she has so much to offer the world and when she was 22 she said Lord I'm going to give it all back to you and I don't. I know that I have you know Kayla has a lot to offer the world but she gave it all to Jesus and entered the Carmelites of the most sacred heart of Jesus Christ and why does a young woman do that right so people from the outside world can be like this girl's wasting her life like she you know she can do X Y and Z but what makes a young woman leave her family, uh, give up her degree uh, to, to serve Jesus Christ? And it is only a love for the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. Only love can motivate a soul to do that. And so, Kayla, as you spoke about um, Israel and how you knew you needed Jesus, I would love if you shared with the listeners when you first fell in mm-hmm. love with Jesus, because obviously yeah. you love him and you love him, the person of him. And that's why you felt comfortable laying down your life for him and entering yeah. a convent. Yeah. So can you remember on your life and in your road mm-hmm. to Emmaus, when's the first time you recognized and yeah. fell in love with Christ? Yeah. So it was um, actually at a Youth 2000 retreat. We were sophomores in high school and um, we went on this retreat. I didn't really have any expectations. I just kind of went because my friends were going. There's a group from our high school. And I remember um, there's one night where they take the Eucharist and process around the gym and you're able to touch um, the humeral veil, which is what touches um, the monstrance, which holds Jesus. And so you're able to reach out and touch the humeral veil just as the woman touched Jesus's cloak and was healed um, in the Bible. And I remember in that moment, that that moment that, that the Eucharist came before me with the priest like processing and I touched the veil and I was overcome with um, with emotion, not emotion of like, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person, or oh my gosh, this is so great. It was just an un- indescribable love, mm-hmm. like that. That was it, and and my heart was forever changed. Yeah, it, that's that's it. It changed everything. So when yeah. these disciples encountered Jesus on the road to Mace, it changed everything. Yep. And when they encountered him in the breaking of the bread, they lived their life in a way that they knew Jesus. And I can say with confidence that, Kayla, since that Youth 2000 retreat, I believe you have lived your life in a way that shows me that you know Jesus. And yeah. it has changed the world, and it's still changing the world. Praise be Jesus Christ, only by his now grace. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's what this Christian life is, is this encounter. And Kila, every time you've you've sat in adoration or you've received the communion mm-hmm. since then, did you get that feeling? Um, no, it, probably right, not. No. Right. <laughs> so, like every the, those moments are far and few mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. But you've allowed that to shape the rest of your life. Yeah. We have to remember that our faith is not about feelings. Yeah. Um. And yet, our Lord will provide those when we need them, and that that's the bottom line. Yeah. So that kind of is what I was, you know, as Kayla was telling her story, as we talked about. 
before we started recording today, we talked a little bit through the story and I was thinking to myself, you know, what does the road to Emmaus look like in my life right now? And I, I would say like right now I'm on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not at the point where I'm having like a mountaintop Mm -hmm. experience Yeah, because it seems that I'm going to be living my life in a world that doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and so right now where I am is I've had, I've been given an education and in understanding who the person Jesus Christ is. Um, I've been blessed with a faith where I believe and I know the truth, even when my emotions aren't coming on board or um, things don't really add up in the world around me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense so far? It does. Okay. It really does. So, yep. <laughs> so, um, so where I am right now is... I think I'm walking on that road and like sometimes feeling somewhat downcast because I'm just, I feel like I'm trudging in a yeah, lot of ways. I think we often walk that road so many times. I Yeah, I think you we, know? I think mm-hmm. we get on and off that road. Yeah. And I think that's because yeah. of our human condition where we are in a fallen world and we have to deal with things that are not true and are not good and are not beautiful and are mm-hmm. tragic and don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the where I am right now, and I, I guess I'm just trying to, I don't know, give sort of like a, a different perspective, mm-hmm. is where I'm like, well, I'm going to continue going to Mass on Sundays because Jesus is there mm-hmm. and because it's worth it. And because mm-hmm. even though I don't always feel a rush of confidence mm-hmm. or a rush of enthusiasm for my faith, that doesn't change the reality of it. No. And I dare mm-hmm. say... And to let me talk about Kelly, Kelly and I have been friends since college. So we first met and we were in the same Christian sorority. Um, and so I've known Kelly for 10 years now. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <Nice>. Um, <laughs> How did we get here? And something about Kelly is that she is so joyful. And I think her best characteristic is that she is so dependable. So I know when I need advice, I need direction. Kelly is dependable. Kelly doesn't waver in her faith. And so, Kelly, I hear you saying that, you know, you're on the road and you haven't had that mountaintop experience lately, lately. But Mm -hmm. I the Lord uses everything. So Mm -hmm. even though um, maybe you're still you're still walking, we're all still walking. I mean, Lord, have mercy. You know, we're always still searching to recognize him more and more and more. Um, But you are living your life in a way that's helping me recognize Jesus, you know, even though. there's something that's keeping you on that road. And can you think of a moment, you know, because you are so dependable. Like I've never seen your faith shaken or like, (laughs) I I don't know. Like I can, I know I can always turn to you for good sound advice. And, and so what makes you that way? You know, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) What's your motivation to be so faithful? Well, it doesn't make sense for the things in this world that are broken to derail mm-hmm. from what the one thing that does make sense. I mean, that's yeah. just silly. Yeah. So I think for me, it's like this, this sounds backwards, but it's, this is what I'm thinking. It's a logical thing for me. Mm-hmm. 
if I've if my reason has accepted something to be true, my feelings don't get to party long enough for me to get off board with what's real. Yeah. Like that's silly yeah. to me. Um, not that I would judge or or um, be confused by somebody who whose feelings did get them off track, if mm-hmm. you will. But for me, that's just not how my brain works. Um, so it's just like, well, okay, so we, you know, we can rule this out. We can rule that out. Well, I can't rule out Jesus Christ and I can't rule Mm -hmm. out the Eucharist. There's too much evidence. I've been too convinced. And there are people in my life who I trust who have given me this understanding of reality. And to me, I guess heaven and Jesus and the Eucharist are more in a, in that sense are more real than the things in this life that, are frustrating and yeah. that break my heart. Yeah. And I think that something else that's really important to remember too, just in talking about the road to Emmaus is that the apostles are not apostles, the, the um, disciples who encountered Jesus didn't just say, you know what, like, thank you, but this is where our road ends. You know, like they kept walking with him and they let him break bread with them. And I think that like, that's something that's so important for us is that in those moments, whether it was like my time in Israel or your time in you know, your current state in life or whatever it is that we feel like, okay, this is not making sense to me. Like it was not making sense that I was in the holiest of holy lands and I was seeing so much suffering. Like there are so many times that it does not make sense. And yet we are still called to like walk with Jesus and trust that eventually he'll show, he'll reveal himself. And he didn't stop walking with them until they met, encountered him. So Jesus Christ is not going to leave our side until we encounter him. But I think it's worth noting in the story that that um, scripture tells us that Jesus acted as if he was going to continue on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think it seems that way. Mm. But then the apostles begged him to stay with them. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ never intended to walk away from them. This is you know my, my understanding of the story. He never intended to walk away, mm-hmm. but he wanted to hear them say, we want you here with us. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ wants us to say that to him. I want you here with me. Mm-hmm. Don't leave me because I love you. And... He's going to, you know, the mass is, the road to Emmaus is, is the mass. Mm-hmm. They open up the scriptures. Then they, you know, they talk, they talk through scripture. Jesus, you know, gives a homily in a sense. He relates it all back to him. And then they have the breaking of the bread. Well, that's the Eucharist. The, the road to Emmaus is a very long mass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Jesus wants us in the context of the mass and out to say, Jesus Christ, I love you. And I want you to stay with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, you know, that's yeah. our call. And that will give us life abundant. Yeah. Beautiful, Kelly. And so, okay, I seriously want to do an all-girl show all the time. (laughs) We could talk for hours and hours, but unfortunately, we have to close. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As 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 it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until next time, God bless. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.